BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Good morning, millennials. Happy Friday. Welcome back to The Morning Toast. It is a gloomy but wonderful Friday here in New York, and we are just wrapping up another week in the queue. Hey, Claude. Hey guys, girls, girly girls, what's up? Claudia here, still talking like RuPaul because I finished season seven last night. And you know what, Jax? We're just fishy as fuck, and that's not our fault. It's not our fault. I don't know what it means, but um, proud fish? Yeah, I don't really, like, understand fishy. I think it's, like, when you really, um, like, do your makeup so well and your glam so well that you are, like, the most high-fashion woman. Like, you work at Vogue, and that's us. Oh my God, that's actually me today because for the first time in I think a month, I have done a full fotch of makeup. If you're a podcast listener, I have a full face of makeup on. Uh, For a multitude of reasons, I have some content to shoot today. My husband's 30th birthday is tomorrow and I know he doesn't watch the show. So I can say here that I have like a little something planned tonight. So it's just a day where I need a fotch. And I'm really feeling the effects of wearing makeup. Like I really feel like myself, the person who said like a few weeks ago, I should try getting glammed up and maybe I'll feel better was right. Well, I'm so happy for you. I'm actually uh, reverting into the man I started as. Like I'm literally starting to look uglier and uglier. My hair is getting like cracked. And like, I thought that not using heat would make it like healthy. And no, it's broken and sad, just like me. Yeah, I went, like, now I'm using heat twice a week just to give my hair, like, a little bit of shape, and then I don't, like, touch it up every single day, but today I did a full hair as well, but that's going to need Looks some really volumizing. Good. Thank you. I mean, honestly, it was a fun activity, and if you're looking for something to do, and also I was really inspired by um, one of my inspirations, Kylie Jenner, because she's been getting full glam, like, having a little party in her house with her tequila, but a brand that she won't share with the class yet and her Hawaiian rolls. And I was just like, she looks like she's having a grand old time. And if she, like, why not me? Totally. Hawaiian rolls are so epic. When we, um, when quarantine first started and like, I wasn't sure if it was like a joke and everyone was like running to the grocery store. I'm like, these people are nuts. Then I was like, damn, maybe this is not like, not a big deal. So I signed Ben to the grocery store and we were the last people to get everything. There was nothing left. Ben bought 10 packs of Hawaiian rolls. We never ate them. I found them in my cabinet the other day, covered in mold. Oh my God. I found a lot of stuff covered in mold. Mold is a really crazy thing. I know. My garlic covered in mold. What the fuck? Oh my, yeah. I had um, avocados, some old avocados Mm. covered in mold. And then also vegetables do this thing in the fridge where like if they don't get moldy, but they just start to leak out. Like Like the juice from the inside just like leaks out and ruins your fridge. So I've had a couple bad zucchinis that way. Um, It's a crazy time for mold. And I know, and we've been talking about it. And like, we always say, you know, the quarantine is a roller coaster. And I'm feeling on like an emotional high. Like I'm not feeling terrible this week. I was feeling pretty terrible last week. But this week, I'm just done cooking. Like I'm done with the kitchen. I'm done loading the dishwasher four fucking times a day, wiping down the stove 10 times a day. Like I'm done. I'm eating a bowl of cereal for every meal because I'm fucking done. And I'm eating Honey Nut Cheerios. I'm getting my cholesterol down and I'm done. Yeah, I went to the store yesterday and I found some really good um, 
plant-based meat options in the frozen food section. I was telling Ben, I had these like chicken poppers, but it's fake chicken last night. And then I also, you know, Boca Burger, the company, they make meatless crumbles as well. So I got two packs of those so I can make tacos. I can make meatless bolognese. I'm really excited also because it's Zach's birthday tomorrow. I feel like that's kind of like, you know, making something happen for me. Like it feels like there's an occasion. We actually have like a lot of birthdays coming up. So it feels kind of like normal life. Um, but his favorite food ever is pesto pasta. So I am cooking pesto pasta tonight for dinner. And I'm really excited. You know, delivers. Yeah. But honestly, it's so much better when, when I make, when you make it at home. If it turns out right. And you know what? I don't think that Serafina has a pesto pasta that he likes because every time I order Serafina, he like doesn't know what to get. That is such a like weird thing to like. I didn't even know Zach like lived for pesto. Lives for it. So, and also when I went to the store, I got Cipriani brand pesto, apparently. Like the things that you learn when you go to the store. Um, Cipriani like sells their pesto. So it should be a Cipriani level dish. Uh, We'll be having cereal and um, chips for dinner at my house. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Chips are really like everything these days. You know what? I don't have any chips in my house. Like I started out quarantine with a bunch of chips, ate them all, and never restocked except Tostitos, which are such a versatile chip. I just can't praise them enough. But I need some big lays, some big ruffles, Cheetos. Like I need some chips. I've been loving, and we've been going on a chip run like two times a week. I've been loving kettle chips, specifically salt and vinegar. Mm. But then after you eat the salt and vinegar, you can't really go back to the regular because then the regulars have no flavor. And mesquite barbecue. We used to eat them in college all the time. I just love the mesquite life. The problem with salt and vinegar is obviously that you can't go back to eating regular chips because it just tastes bland. And then you're literally a monster with your breath. So it's literally oh my the God, worst. I love, I love vinegar. Also, I did the towel trick of washing my towels with vinegar and then baking soda. And the gym clothes smell is gone, you guys. Mm. It completely works. People were also telling me to try this method of like stripping your, your clothes by putting them in the bathtub. You saw these posts. Oh, yeah. See this? Um, but like this solves my problem. Like maybe if I get to next level of mildewy towels, I'll do that. But if you guys are having a smelly towel issue, one, wash them with vinegar, a cup of vinegar. And then after that wash, use half a cup of baking soda and also stop washing your towels with, uh, fabric softener. Fabric softener. I did a similar trick on my dishwasher. It was smelly as fuck in there. And I did vinegar and baking soda. Now it doesn't smell good, but it does not smell bad. Do you like, I love the smell of vinegar. When I was like pouring all the cups in, I was like so excited. Are you sick? I love it. I was pouring it literally like trying not to throw up, like gagging so You're hard. Sick. Vinegar oh. is so good. And salt and vinegar chips are so good. You should take apple cider vinegar shots. They're really good for you. If you can stomach oh, maybe it. Maybe I will. I actually think I have some apple cider vinegar for some recipe I didn't make. Sickening. Ugh, it's like bleach. Yeah. I, you're so wrong, sis. I know everyone's wondering, like, Claudia, are you drinking coffee in your mug, tea? No, I'm drinking lemonade. Oh, yum. From where? Crystal Light. Crystal Light is my absolute quarantine best friend because I have such a hard time drinking water. But laying around all day and not drinking water gives me terrible headaches. Like, I've had headaches almost every day in quarantine um, because I don't drink water. So now I'm doing Crystal Light, which is water. It counts. That's good. Also, liquid IV is the perfect thing for that too. I need yes. to get better of having like a water bottle in bed with me because all I've been drinking is iced tea, but it's not, that's not good enough. I drink a lot of water when I work out. Yesterday, I actually had such a productive day, even though the day started when I thought I wasn't even going to do the toast, like I wasn't feeling well. Um, but I started to feel better. We moved Camp Toast and let everyone know and now everyone's so excited. I was so excited for Camp Toast yesterday. Like I really can't wait. Um, and then I did a workout, a virtual training session with the live method, which was so great. Did a little Peloton, went and got my migraine meds, went to the store. It was a good day. In the wow. I literally didn't get off my love sack on my computer, but I was like very productive, but like not physically. Like I did so much work yesterday. That counts. That's great. That's great. My motto of quarantine is that counts. My motto of quarantine is we got through the day. Doesn't matter how. One day at a time. Seriously. Oh, and I watched all the TV I needed to watch, which we're going to recap, Keeping Up with the Kardashians and Real Housewives of New York, both of which I have very strong feelings about. Um, me too. More so Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which is just like 
It's my happy place. Oh, Chloe Kardashian tweeted back at me last night when I was keeping up. I saw. Tweeting. That was great. Yeah, very exciting. That was great. I, I have started to watch Kardashians live because I, every time I tweet about it, they tweet me back. Kim retweeted me last time. And then the week after that, I watched it like late on my DVR. But unless you're, they, they usually tweet with East Coast time. So now I'm like motivated to watch live just so I can be thirsty on Twitter. I mean, that's great motivation also because like watching as soon as it comes out is the best way to watch. It's literally, I will talk about it, but like these are my people. Like I'm so obsessed. I'm so obsessed with Kim Kardashian West. Like I can't even tell you. She is just like my spiritual leader. You know what? It's like, I was really actually thinking about yesterday, like who I relate to the most. And to me, like Kim is the end all be all. Like she is just everything of the sort. But like last night's episode, I was really just like, damn, Chloe is a fucking ride or die, like pretending with these stupid storylines. Like she is constantly time and time again, putting the show on her back. Oh, for sure. I had like so much respect for her, but there's just like, I don't know. Maybe it's like a personality thing. I just like, I live for Kim. And it's so nice to have a celebrity in your life who you feel like you agree with them on every single, like anything that they do, you ride and you die for them. Yeah, like whenever I think of like, oh, I'm the Kylie, you know, like when people always try and like connect us, as much as I would like absolutely love to be the Kim because I feel like I'm just like a star. Whenever I watch the show, I totally like see you, see Kim in you. Like you both are really like this um, calm force in the family where it's like people really look to you and they look to Kim for like spiritual guidance. Like I don't make a decision without running it by you. And people, everyone does that to Kim. Like even with the embryos, Chloe was like, what do I do? Like everyone kind of, even though Kim's not the oldest, she's just like so wise. And I feel like you guys are similar in that way. Oh my God. Thank you. That is so kind. Yeah. Everyone always tries to like line us up and it doesn't totally align. Um, but I do feel I, like I, in the role of the family, I feel like I relate most to Kim. And then I feel like you, who would you, I want to say Chloe, just because like you're the most fun and funny, but it doesn't totally match up. No, it's just, it's not, it's not there for it's any of us. It's not there. No. Anyways, just a fun thing to do. Yeah. I think it's time. That way we can like get into Kardashians. E.T.'s yeah. time for the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And that's true, Jackie. But if I may, a word from our sponsors. Thrive Market, an online membership-based market on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable. With guaranteed savings, you can enjoy members-only prices up to 25 to 50% off traditional retail prices. They are 100% committed to never engaging in surge pricing. They promise at Thrive Market you will find the same members-only savings no matter what. You can buy the highest quality, healthy, and sustainable products from Thrive Market. Buy thousands of wholesome food, home, and beauty products curated just for your member, their members. Find everything you need from organic and non-GMO food, clean beauty, safe supplements, and non-toxic home, plus ethical meat, sustainable food, clean wine, and more. It's healthy without the hassle because it's all shipped right to you. Skip the store and the lines. And you can shop by more than 70 diets like keto, paleo, gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, fair trade certified, BPA-free, and more. And they are making a commitment during this COVID-19 time. They are working 24-7 to ensure that their members are getting the essentials they need as quickly as possible while maintaining their commitment to carbon neutrality. So no air shipments at 10 times the carbon impact and their fair practices to their website warehouse team. So I feel like now is such a great time to become a Thrive Market member because it's that guilt-free membership. You're getting that sustainable product at a fair price and they're getting it out as fast as they can. So go to thrivemarket.com slash toast to join Thrive Market. You can choose the membership model that best fits your lifestyle. Lifestyle. They have one month, one year options. Jackie and I both have the one year options because we love it, but you can try it for a month. The one-year option is great because it breaks down to just $5 a month, so you end up saving money. Um, but the best part about being a Thrive Market member is that you join and they give. Through Thrive Gives, their one-for-one membership matching program, every paid membership sponsors a free one for a low-income family, so you can feel good knowing that you're getting your food, getting your eat, get eaten away, and then also doing good for your community. Um, if you sign up today, you can get $20 in shopping credit on your first order. Go to thrivemarket.com toast to try it out. That's thrivemarket.com toast. Check it out. We love Thrive Market here at The Toast. I feel like in this climate, everyone really needs a Thrive Market subscription. I love Thrive Market. I love their products. I've discovered so many brands and products that are now like my go-tos. Um, they make it so easy to like check out. Their prices are so amazing. Get on the Thrive Market train. Getting your groceries online in 2020 is the way to go. Totally. 
Okay. First story, wrapping up the big news of the week, Gigi Hadid has confirmed her pregnancy on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Gigi Hadid officially confirmed she's going to be a mom days after the news broke that she was expecting a child with boyfriend Zayn Malik. Hadid opened up in an interview with Jimmy Fallon. Quote, obviously we wish we could have announced on our own terms, she said, but we're very excited and happy and grateful for everyone's well wishes and support. Especially during this time, it's a nice silver lining to be able to be home and together and really experience it, the pregnancy, day by day. It was a cute interview. Jimmy's like so happy. I think they're actually like really friends. Like also, like there are very few celebrities who live in New York and I feel like the ones that do, like they stick together. And Jimmy Fallon was being really cute. You know, he's his usual drunk self, but he was still being very sweet and endearing. Um, I just, you know, I don't really hear Gigi Hadid talk that much. And every time I do, I'm like reminded by how low her voice is. And it's just so unique, not in a good or yeah. a bad way. It's just like so unique. And, and I don't know a lot of people with that type of voice. And I'm always just like, oh yeah, that's what she sounds like. Yeah, I think a lot of people had that reaction because we don't really hear from her uh, literally that often. But she's obviously so excited. She looks so happy and glowing and even in on the Zoom FaceTime situation, like she's just radiating. And I'm happy that she like just told us straight up, you know, yeah. came out with it. I wonder if obviously someone spoiled their news and, and linked it to TNZ. I wonder what their... Um, announcement would have been you know like how they would have done it like I don't yeah. know if they would, they, would they have done like a photo shoot a cover of Vogue like I don't see her just doing something on Instagram like a post like a nude belly post no they're so high fashion I feel like maybe she would have like shown up to the Met Gala with a bump that would have been like kind of iconic definitely something on the cover of Vogue would be so sick they've been in a Vogue photo shoot together before that was actually really sickening so um I do feel sad that both they and we got robbed of that moment but I'm glad she's just embracing it not like pretending it's not happening um I'm just excited for like the looks I feel like she's such a like so many fabulous people get pregnant but like very rarely does like the top model in the world at the height of her career like everyone is going to want to dress her for every pregnant outing if we ever get out and it's kind of going to be like sickening it would be sickening but we there's four months left of her pregnancy and there's like a lot of social distancing left even though and May even 15th if, we're getting out but it's not going to be we'll go the Met Gala yeah, the yeah. Met Gala is not going to happen. So I'm just excited for these two. Also, their quarantine on the farm, Chemin in Pennsylvania, like, is a dream. A dream. Like, I, that just should be us. That should be us. Damn. That should be me. Holding your hand. Oh, this isn't a story today because um, I haven't even gone through it all. But, like, the new music that's out today is just everything of the sort. First of all, um, Six Feet Apart, Luke Holmes, the song is here. He recorded it. He literally just answered our prayers. Like, thank you, Luke Holmes. The song is so good. It's the anthem of quarantine. Up until now, my quarantine anthem had been 2016 by Sam Hunks. It's all about like lost time and what you would do if you got that time back. Um, but now it's Six Feet Apart because we're now we're looking forward to the times we'll have when we're no longer Six Feet Apart. My quarantine song has been a song um, that I found on TikTok by that, but I knew about the artist. She's like that new up and coming um, country artist, Tennille something. Tennille Towns. If I ever get to heaven, got a long list of questions, like do you make a snowflake? It's a beautiful song. That's my main oh, quarantine. I need to add it to the quarantine's playlist. Yes, I looked for it. I just assumed it was on yesterday when I went to go play it in the bathtub, but it wasn't. And it's just such a sweet song about like all the things she would ask God if she ever gets to heaven. That's so beautiful. Wait, I'm adding it right now. What's it called? Um, Holding it really Holding out for the one, somebody's daughter, where you are, the most beautiful things. No, I remember not really recognizing the name of the song. Oh, I could just check my phone one second. It's really oh, beautiful. Also, like I just want to say the Quarantine's playlist has 5,700 followers because everyone is just loving the vibe. Like it's, it's so the vibe. It's my Spotify playlist on Spotify. My name on Spotify is Jackie O. Weinreb, and the playlist is called Quarantstein. And if you're like looking to catch a vibe at any point between now and the end of the pandemic, listen to this playlist. It'll get you through. It's getting me through. What's the name of the song? I can't find it. But, okay, um, we'll deal with this later. Also, another song that I wanted to mention, the Savage remix with Beyonce. 
I was it's called Jersey on the Wall. Sorry. Okay. I was listening to the remix as I got ready this morning and it was just putting a pep in my step. It's everything of the sort. All of the references, she literally like drops TikTok and it's all like, Only was, it's so exciting. Only fans. It's just so exciting for everyone who has been enjoying Savage up until this point. Like the remix is everything we needed. It got me thinking like, do we need an OnlyFans? I actually, because I'm in the morning tube, which is like the YouTube based, um, Facebook group for the toasters. It's very confusing. And I've started to just like know so much about YouTubers because like I've started to fall in love with Jeffrey. And it's like, then once you know one, you start to know more. Like I was following this Miranda Sings drama last night. It was fucking crazy. Um, but I've kind of been enamored. I'll say the word is with Trisha Paytas. And she has like a crazy OnlyFans where like, I think she makes like literally so much money a month. And someone in the toasters was like, did anyone see Trisha's OnlyFans? And I went on it. And hers is like straight up poured. She was literally putting like a dildo in her ass. It was crazy. So while I don't think that's like my path, um, I totally like respect and support you if that's the path that you want to go down. I will say, however, I think that our version of OnlyFans is Patreon. It is. So patreon.com slash the morning toast. If you're, if you're wanting to see us like you've never seen us before. Not nude, but you know, open Close. up. Close. We're emotionally nude. Yeah, we're spreading them emotionally. Big time. Opening up emotionally. Okay, ready? Okay, this episode is all about Quarren Bebes because um, next up, Ashley Simpson is pregnant. She's expecting her second child with her husband, Evan Ross. So Diana Ross's daughter-in-law is pregnant, and it's just so exciting for the future and CHS of two, Jessica Simpson. The couple announced I'm, in a joint- I'm so happy for Tracy. You know, this is great for her, Tracy Ellis. This is her sister-in-law, yeah. and that's really important. Honestly, like, this family, now that I've read Jessica Simpson's book, I have, like, a deeper appreciation for the Simpsons and for Ashley Simpson, too. Um, and, like, the fusion of the Ross Simpsons is so epic. Yeah, it's strange. I'm not going to lie. To be honest, it's very, very rare that you say a story and I hadn't heard it. I had no idea she was pregnant, and it's just so weird. I feel like Ashley Simpson and Evan Ross are the culmination of just, like, irrelevance. But but they're also, like, so close to, like, Diana Ross, Jessica Simpson, these stars, but they themselves are completely irrelevant. Remember when we were at the airport standing in line at Hudson News and they were right behind us? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you that they're irrelevant, but it's, like, it's because she was living in the shadows of someone else's dream. And I feel like Evan Ross might have heard that song and related to it, you know? And I feel like that might have been what connected them. Just like this. For sure. But I know that she was standing in the shadow of someone else's dream. But like for a while, she was everything of the sort. Like she didn't really get pushed to the side completely. No. No, she didn't. So I think, I think they have a nice little life together. Oh, for sure. And they enjoy all the fruits of like being related to famous people. But I just find it so interesting that you could be so close to fame from all angles, like an icon, Diana Ross, but still be so irrelevant. No, I think it's the opposite. Like, I feel like they get like all of this, like, you know, she farts. It's a news story. She has a, they get a show, a reality show on E. They get like a shot at everything just because they're someone's bloodline. Yes, I guess you could see it that way, but, like, I just don't consider, like, their one season on E! and their Us Weekly write-ups to be, like, a level of fame. No, that's a lot. That, in this day and age, like, that is, like, textbook C-list. C-list, yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, yes, for sure, but, like, the people that they associate themselves with, Jessica Simpson and Diana Ross, like, that is permanent AAA list. Yeah, they're A by association. No, I disagree. No, they're not A-list. I, I would agree with that. But they are cute, and they seem like really happy celebrity family, and that's, that's a big deal in this day and age. Oh, and you know what? I'm sorry. I, I take it back. Actually, I met Evan Ross at a party once. He was so nice. Like, literally, all these people were being, like, so weird, and he was being so nice to me. Maybe it was because we were both losers. Like, we both just kind of, like, fit in. Maybe. He was really nice, actually. I take it back. He's nice. I really love I like them, and she was so supportive of Jessica through her whole journey through life in the book. Was she? And, um, yeah, she's a really good sister. Like, they are steamy vibes, and so I support any sister who supports a sister. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that they, they had steamy vibes. That, that does change things. It changes things, and you should just finish the damn book. 
I know, you know, I started like the first three pages and I never picked it back up because I put it somewhere. I can't find it. And I have two copies. How crazy is that? I cannot find either copies because I bought one for a trip, left it at home. And then in the airport on the trip, I found the book. So I bought it for the trip, never read it, brought it home, read three pages. Now I can't find either of them. It's so good. You're missing out. You're missing out. I know. Okay. Next story, a little more bebe news because Anderson Cooper is welcome to baby boy via surrogate. I'm loving this trend of people just like dropping their babies. Like Beyonce just dropping her lemonade album. Like no warning. Boom. Baby. Baby. Yep. I'm so here for it as well. Anderson Cooper is a dad. Surprise. On Thursday, the longtime news anchor revealed the happy news on CNN and also on Instagram where he shared a slideshow of photos of his son, Wyatt Morgan Cooper. Cooper welcomed Wyatt, who was named after the journalist's father, on Monday via surrogate, he said. Wyatt weighed seven pounds, two ounces at birth. Quote, he is sweet and soft and healthy, and I am beyond happy. That is so cute. And I just, like, can only think about him and Andy's bebe just being best friends, like the new AC in town. No, it was so cute. I watched the little clip, like literally the most CNN I've ever watched in my life. And it was really, really sweet. Like he's really just like, it was very cute. He was getting like a little choked up. And I had the same thought. It's like, I love how him and Andy have like the same PR person for their baby. Like, boom, dropping a baby. And they both have babies via surrogate. And they both like have so much respect for the surrogate industry. Like the way that um, Andy was... I mean, um, Anderson on his show was like so, so grateful for this uh, surrogate. It was really sweet. And, you know, Andy's like always going to Albany, fighting the legislature, all that stuff. So I'm very excited for the friendship between Benjamin Cohen and Wyatt Morgan Cooper because they're going to be so cool. Yeah, they're going to be really cool. Um, Very sweet. A lot of pressure, you know, to be like that cool. No, or to like get along, you know, our dads are best friends. They work together. We're on tour. We're staying in the hotel together. And I don't even like this kid. Totally. Like, remember, um, I just remember growing up, like everyone has those family friends. And now as an adult, I realize it's because like, I want to hang out with you, Jackie. So our kids have to be friends, whether they like it or not. It's not about the yeah. kids. It's about us. Yeah. That's what family friends are. It's like, because your parents are friends and they just want to hang out. So the two of you better hang out and you see each other in the hallways, say hi. And it's like weird. Cause like you hung out this weekend, but like, you're not really friends. No, and you're not in different grades, and like the kids are like, How do you guys know each other? And it's like, Our moms get drunk together. I don't know. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what it is. But it's just so funny how like your perception of family friends changes when you're a kid versus like an adult. Like, I totally get it now. Like, all my friends, like when we have kids, like our kids better be friends because I want to hang out with my friends. Yeah, but they won't be real true friends, they'll just be family friends. But every now and then, very rarely do family friends transition into either true friendship or true love. Yeah. I think mostly it can be true friendship when the kids are the exact same age. Cause if they're in different grades, they're never going to be tight. Yeah. You know? So that's just my, my two cents on family friends. And also like there is a limit to how many family friends you should have. I just want to say that. Like, I think family friends are cool. I understand it. I respect it. Um, but like you can't be family friends with the whole town. Okay, you can't, but there are certainly people who try. Like, you, I mean, I'm, you're probably thinking of someone, I'm thinking of someone, like, just that family that was, like, friends with everyone. It's like, chill, but what, what, what are you trying to prove? What are you trying to prove? And, like, your bar mitzvah is going to be out of control. There's too many people. Too many people? <laughs> yeah, agreed. Okay, next up, Kylie Jenner posts a loving post to Travis Scott for his birthday saying, quote, love you forever. Kylie very Jenner has- Very appropriately, the story is brought to you. By OkCupid. I'm sorry to interject. Oh, wow. Love you forever. If you haven't heard about OkCupid yet, we're here to tell you why you should give it a shot in 2020. Are you looking for the Travis to your Kylie, the memes to your Jackie, the Ben to your Claudia? Check out OkCupid. A lot of people don't know that OkCupid has really changed the game. They ask you the most thoughtful questions so that they can learn more about you, the type of person you are, and the type of person you're looking for. The more questions you answer, the better they are at finding you matches with someone you have in common with. So the questions are a little different than the standard, like, what are you looking for? What are your interests? They ask you, are you a cat or your dog person? Do you listen to any podcasts? Because if someone listens to the toast, they're automatically boyfriend material. How do you feel about kids? Um, 
just things that you wouldn't normally think of when it comes to dating profiles, but actually really get to know you a lot better. OkCupid actually works. It is the most mentioned dating app in the New York Times wedding section. It is the only app in the world where you can match on a range of issues that you care about from whether or not you're a dog or a cat person to how you feel about climate change. Stop the mindless time on dating apps and go to the app where you choose what matters. OkCupid is totally free, so we don't have an offer or a link. Just download OkCupid today, go on a great date this week, and then tell us about the great person that you met. We will come to the wedding, and I will... I'll do you one better. I'll come to your wedding, I'll officiate, ordain that shit, and also sing a, a small but powerful song. Love it. Sign on, find love. Just like this love in our next story, which is really cute. Uh, so it's Travis Scott's birthday yesterday. Kylie posted a series of photos of him and Stormy saying, Dada, happy birthday to daddy of the year. I'm slowly but surely starting to accept the fact that Storm is a daddy's girl. But whatever, we went half on greatness. The most beautiful, smart, loving, and funny little baby. The best gift. Okay, I'm crying. Love you forever. I'm unclear on uh, their status. Do you have an update? Uh I don't have like any legitimate update. I, I don't think that they're together romantically. Um, maybe they'll fuck around and have another baby, as she said. But um, I think right now they're not like together, but they were quarantining together, I think. Or was that Tristan and Chloe? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they're together. I was also leaning towards them not being together, but I like that they keep the relationship civil, obviously for Stormy. And because of course she probably still loves him, the father of her child. Um, I just love seeing photos that I was never going to see if it weren't for Travis's birthday. Like him riding on a bike around Calabasas with Stormy in the back. Like that's the kind of shit I fucking live for. No, same. And I love that they call themselves Stormy's mom and dad because that's what we call them. Like she posted um, a photo of them like saying Stormy's mommy and daddy. And he always calls her like Stormy's mom. He's like, I love Stormy's mom and I always will. He said in an interview. So they're just like copacetic and chill. Yeah. I mean- I'm sure it's like more, um, there's more to it than what we're seeing. But what I'm seeing is like co-parenting at its finest and like maybe a little glimmer of hope that these two like might one day just like fall back in love, fall back. Maybe it seems like they're just on such good terms. Like if Kylie wanted another baby and she wants it to be Stormy's full relative, like get in the sack, jump in. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they would be open to that. I feel like that's where Tristan and Chloe are headed towards. And I really like that. We, I need to just get to Kardashian's recap because like the promo is sickening. I feel like that's such a mature way of like parenting. It's like having a baby with someone who you're not with, but like you already had a baby with. Like that's so mature. Yeah, very Courtney and Scott. Yeah, but didn't they have the three kids while they were together? Yeah, they wrote it out till the end, but like. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Okay, our fifth and final story. Are you ready for it? Hmm, it's an interesting question. Yeah, I'm ready. Are you struggling to use face ID with your mask? Apple will soon solve that problem. With masks becoming a commonplace tool to stop the spread of novel coronavirus, some iPhone owners are finding their once useful face ID function mostly useless. Apple is changing that in the latest beta release of iOS 13.5. Multiple developers said a new face ID features mat feature makes it easier to unlock the iPhone without having to take your mask off. In the new version of iOS, Face ID will recognize when someone is wearing a mask and the phone will instantly pull up the passcode entry screen. No more constant searching for your face. The Fotch ID tool still won't unlock your iPhone unless you take your mask off, but it will make the switch to the passcode unlock option significantly faster. Fuck that. That's not what I thought this was going to be. That's not a real solution. Even though this isn't a problem I've actually had, whenever I'm wearing a mask, I'm usually not touching my phone or trying not to. So. Um, this isn't a problem that I find to be like a true, you know, worldwide phenomenon. Um, also, I don't think that this is a solution. It's just like, get to plan B faster. It's not that hard to go from face ID to passcode. No. And also I thought the solution was going to be, okay, we're going to do new profiles where we get really close on your eyes and like, we'll be yeah. able to open your phone, like from IID, from That's ID. What I That's what that I thought. That sounds also. like a solution. This doesn't seem like a solution. No, but it is interesting how like now this is like a glimmer into how the world might be different Changing. after all of this. Yeah, for sure. I think Here masks are going to be the subway. Yes. Yeah, I heard that. They are closing they down New York City subways from like one to five in the morning to finally clean it for the first time in literally 200 years. I can't believe that we are now two months into quarantine and now they're thinking about cleaning the subway. Didn't it occur to anyone? Everyone's talking about Wuhan, the bat, the lab. No, coronavirus, my friends, started in the subway. And fight me on that. 
Yeah, no, it's it's very exciting um, that there will be a clean subway. I'm actually going to go. I need to see what it looks like. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be nice. I hope that they take it seriously. Like, not just the cars, but the tunnels. Like, this is a major, major um, project. And I just don't trust the man in charge of New York City to fulfill it in a way that's effective. But we'll see. At least he did it. Like, come on. I'm so, like, at least it's happening. Um, well, Governor Cuomo's in charge of the MTA, so that it's oh. like a Cuomo de Blasio initiative, but um, it's both of them. Mm. Okay, well, that's better. Of, I'm, I'm sorry, but both of them have done fucked up that it took this long to clean the subway. Right, that's what I'm saying. So it's like the person in charge of now cleaning the subway is the person who also stopped it from ever being cleaned. So um, <laughs> right, I'm actually right. So I'm not- no congratulations are in order here. <laughs> No, and I'm not feeling like that zest I had five minutes ago. You know, I'm not feeling excited because whoever is in charge has obviously been making very poor judgment calls when it comes to the MTA, the fair hikes, this disgust. It's just those dumb machines they installed in the subway, like robots for your ticket. No. No. Okay. Uh, Let's get into our TV recaps because that's really why we're here today. It is the TV recap segment brought to you by Noom. Getting in shape doesn't have to be about losing a specific amount of weight or a magic number on a scale. It's about building healthier habits, feeling better about yourself. It's fitting into that favorite, if fitting into that favorite pair of jeans and feeling better about yourself is what you care about, great. But there are many reasons you might want to practice self-care and every person is different. Noom is the habit-changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses. It's based in psychology. They teach you why you do the things that you do, and it empowers you with the tools that you need to break bad habits and replace them with better ones. Noom is a diet. It's not a diet. It is a healthy and easy-to-stick-to way of life. No food is considered good, bad, or off-limits. It just teaches you moderation, and it can be used in conjunction with many pre-existing popular diets if you want, so that is not required. They have one of the biggest and most accurate food databases available and lets you track meal habits, visualize portion sizes, and see calorie density at a glance. So Ben has been working with the nutritionist because he's really just kind of spiraled out during um, quarantine. And the nutritionist recommended Noom because Ben is now tracking all of his calories and we don't have a scale, like a food scale. So like when you're making chicken, like you need to know like what it is and like it's just very confusing. So since we don't have a scale in Noom, you can visualize portion sizes. And Noom was literally made for Ben. He's obsessed with it. He was like reading me his diary about all the things that he ate yesterday. And it's actually really working for him because it's so unfair. Like he lost seven pounds in a week because he's a man. And it's just so unfair, but it's really working for him. And it can work for you guys too. Chat with your girl specialist and the Noom community to get and give help to people going through the same thing. You don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make a big progress. Sign up for your trial today at noom.com slash toast. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash toast. What do you have to lose? Visit noom.com slash toast to start your trial today. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash toast. My Noom goals have really changed since being in the queue. Like, I feel like my goals used to be very straightforward, like lose weight, feel great, et cetera. But now my, all of my priorities have shifted and like my eating habits have changed and I'm just kind of thrown out of whack in terms of like what to eat, how to eat, like when to eat. And I've been leaning on Noom more than ever to help me like stay in check and just make sure I'm eating enough protein and like getting enough of the nutrients and I'm not eating too much garbage. And that way I like feel better about myself. And those have been my goals and it's been invaluable during the queue. And if you are looking for, um, that sort of like personalized, helpful training system, I couldn't recommend it more. Are we wanting to do New York or Kardashian first? Kardashian, because I watched it first. Okay. Such a fabulous episode. I love that they're on at eight o'clock. I can't stress enough how much this Thursday, eight o'clock is so fabulous. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I was like ready for it. So we kind of got two episodes. Like the first episode was like a little silly, like Chloe being Kim's, uh, Chris's assistant, Scott leaning more into his family background, and then the uh, Christmas stuff, which was so fascinating to me because I saw it through two lenses. Like, I remember sitting on the show and being like, why they do it at Courtney's? It was kind of lackluster. And now just knowing, like, the, all the drama, it makes total sense. Yeah, like – when we saw it then on Instagram and stuff, like they didn't do a good job of like, well, why would they? They're at a party. They're not going to explain what the vision was for the party. But like now seeing it all, I thought it was lovely. Like, obvi- you know, lovely. she wanted it to be very much her aesthetic and it was. And when we saw it on Instagram and we were just used to like Kim's party last year where she had a fucking snow hill and sledding and like tree, it was just so crazy. 
Um, but I thought it was really beautiful. It looked like everyone had so much fun. They didn't let the crew in. And I feel like they're just trying to make more of like these opportunities where they can just be themselves. Um, same with Christmas morning. And I just was obsessed with the logistics of like where they're going to have everything and like what it would look like at everyone's different house. Like the fact that Kylie would have a chef and everything would be like so staffed, whereas Courtney doesn't want any of that yet. She doesn't cook. So what are they going to eat? Yeah, I was feeling really conflicted because part of me agreed with Courtney. It's like, nobody wants to have the party at her house. So Courtney's thing is like, I'll have the party at my house if we can keep Christmas morning at my house. I actually thought that was like a fair trade. Um, and I thought Kylie was being like a little stubborn, just like, I'm doing it at my house. Like, I don't care what anyone says. Like, not even appreciating the fact that Courtney was giving up her house for the party so that there would be a party because there wouldn't be one if it weren't for Courtney. And so I'm not usually one to take Courtney's side. Um, but I also understood how all the girls were like, I just want to wake up. I want my kids to wake up in their own house and like have Christmas morning. So like, that's where it's like where you grow up. It's like, you want the things that you had as a kid, but you want it with all your cousins, but it can't be at everyone's house. Yeah. It's like, they had all these traditions growing up, but like their aunts and uncles and cousins weren't making these sacrifices too. So like things do change when people have their own families and like, Stormy wants to believe that Santa comes to her house. And I think that that's really fair. So I think the solution they came up with was perfect. Everyone opens presents at their own house. Santa came to their house and then they have like this big brunch. Um, it really like shocks me. I was thinking about it a lot last night because I was also watching Kim's stories. Like they wake up so early. Kim wakes up. Kim has her trainer come every morning at 5.45. That's insane. Like I feel like I will never be successful or like as successful as I want to be because I love to sleep and I love to sleep in and I can't even wake up at 9 a.m. on a weekday, let alone a weekend. Like they're talking about going to each other's houses at 8 a.m. after having a full morning. Like I don't well, when do I get to that? When do you get to that point in life where you just like maybe it's when you have kids and they wake you up and your sleep schedule is thrown off, but like the amount that I sleep, like I'm now self-conscious of it. Like I feel like I just can't be a success because I sleep too much. Well, you definitely sleep a lot less once you have kids. Like they just say you never sleep the same way again. So I think that'll change. And also with the Christmas stuff, it seemed like a lot, but when you, I, I, it's my understanding that when you have kids on Christmas, like they fucking wake up at the crack of dawn because they're so fucking excited and they wake you up. So I don't think like they're all just waking up at six because they feel like it. It's like the kids have been up for hours and they want their presents. Yeah. But like, I think in general, they just wake up so early and I wish I could be that way, but yeah. I can't. I even tried to wake up an hour earlier today to work out before today's toast. And I was like, why? I would like, I, my alarm went off. I was like, why would I do that? I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> oh, totally. Except, you know, I'm on my new sleep schedule and it's actually really beneficial. So I won't um, go into that again because I know nobody cares. But um, it was a great episode. Um, I do agree that they didn't, not that it was their job to like capture the essence of the party on social media, but it was much more... Um, stylized on camera like when I saw it like I actually got and the vision you know, it's not what I, I would have chosen in particular we just saw them like keep showing Courtney's interest with these ugly red flowers that they sell at Trader Joe's like that's what I thought like the big moment was but it was actually really more for the kids they had like the Christmas village I thought it was nice yeah I thought it was really nice um and so I'm glad we're able to see everything in hindsight and like it was it was nice it was nice yeah. yeah, it was just a good episode. Like, not nothing too crazy. Scott makes me so sad. Like, um, losing both of his parents like within a month of each other, and just like not even like speaking about them ever. And he like packed. It. I remember that episode when him and Courtney just like literally packed up the house in a day and like didn't even like keep certain stuff. So he's like, he only had that one box. Thank God his uncle knew that it was in Audra's house and they brought it from New York. But um, it just made me sad. Yeah, it is really sad, but he's so cute. I love the bar mitzvah footage. I love that we're getting Scott's home videos now because like they're just loving playing home videos. And it's like, so if you ever had a bar mitzvah like on Long Island, like you know, it's like when they come around with the microphone and they make you like say something about the bar mitzvah boy. Like, I feel like for anyone who's been in that situation, like watching that video was like, oh, I have that exact same video, but like other people wouldn't understand it. Also, he was the most beautiful child I've ever seen. Leonardo DiCaprio crazy mazel tov jackie you did beautiful this morning and you look beautiful gorgeous we're so proud of you we love you let's have the best time tonight yeah and all the like thick long island accents like that's how our sound is too you chanted your hot torah so beautifully today i'm so proud of you up up and away <laughs> yeah please come up and like candle number three yeah, no one's was worse than ours. 
Now, I want to transition from talking about such a great episode of Kardashians into literally talking about, like, one of the most disappointing episodes of Real Housewives of New York, one that actually, like, put me in a depression. Oh, interesting. Why? I just couldn't believe that, like, these are the Real Housewives of New York. Do you know what I mean? It's, like, especially coming from Beverly Hills, like, where Kyle's fashion show, like, we, like, dragged on it, even though, like, it was really well put together and, like, there was no real, like, Sonia's with the dark and the no music. I just like, I can't believe that like, these are the most fabulous women in New York. It was honestly making me depressed. No, I agree with that. And I'm not, and not because I'm going to compare fashion show to fashion show, but like when they were sitting at the table at that restaurant, I don't even know. And they're just like all screaming about nonsense. And this is just like a normal lunch. And Dorinda, like, okay, Tinsley's saying something stupid, but Dorinda's putting a knife in her ear. Like what is going on at this table? These women are just like deranged. No, it was depressing. And to me, it got to a level of real depression when Tinsley was walking down the aisle of that fashion show in sneakers and a crown and her mom was literally sobbing that she's back to being the socialite that she used to be. When like, I'm so sorry, like you are not. Walking for a designer I've never heard of looking like Jojo Siwa. Yes, yes. No, that outfit was such a tragedy. Those sneakers, like, and even though- it's the designer's call what she wears. Like any designer that's going to put her in a Betsy Johnson dress and sneakers, like she's going to her Scott Disick's bar mitzvah. It's just going to be a no, for, like it was, it was depressing. And looking at those flashback photos and like, I always want to be the type of person when you look back on old photos of me, you're like cringe. Cause I'm so much better now, you know? And like looking, like looking back on photos in her prime and now just like looking like Jojo Siwa, um, it was deeply upsetting. And also, you know what was an interesting juxtaposition? An interesting juxtaposition was the way that they showed Nikki Hilton. And Nikki Hilton was like, like she's probably the same age as Tinsley and had a very similar um, like teen and 20s and, you know, socialite life. And just like looking at her sitting there with the ribbon in her hair, just like being everything of the sort of Pamela Rowland versus where Tinsley's now. Um, it was sad, yeah. That's an amazing parallel. Also, Ramona being a beast backstage, like with Pamela Rowland, like kicking that girl out of the photo. Like usually that's stuff that I love, but something about this episode was just not funny to me. Like I was just so disappointed. Like I couldn't believe it's maybe it's just because I'm like living for this season of Beverly Hills and like everything they do is just fucking glamorous. Like the dress, everything, the houses. It's just like everything was making me depressed. Like the John Medesi and stuff, all of their apartments. Like it's just... It's, I don't feel like it's a reflection of New York City's most fabulous women. No, but maybe it's just because New York City's not that fabulous anymore. Also, I feel like the biggest difference is like, there's like, look at Sutton Strack. She's obviously like very wealthy, very high society. You know, she's looking down on everyone, yet she chose to be a real housewife of Beverly Hills because there is some clout attached to it. Um, even when she had that weird dinner with Teddy and Lisa Rinna, and Teddy's explaining like, before I started... Like before I started hanging out with these women, meaning before I came on the show, like I had a couple hundred whatever clients and now I'm doing this whole retreat and everything. And I think Sutton really came on the show because she wants to make a name for herself and she wants her clothing stores to succeed. And there's a level of prominence that comes with being a real housewife of Beverly Hills. But then you go to New York and it's like, they went to a party with the Sutton Stracks of New York and the way they behaved, like, no. No, it was so disappointing maybe I was just in a bad mood but like everything about the episode was making me sad like and there was a time when like their antics of like being drunk and silly like was funny and entertaining and I just really feel and part of me is now kind of understanding why Dorinda's been such a bitch to Tinsley because it's like Dorinda takes herself really seriously and she thinks that she's like some you know woman of the night she's not but like she thinks of herself as like really kind of prominent and it's just like seeing Tinsley run around and like live in this delusion I kind of understand it yeah I don't even know who to blame because I don't even know who's like helping the group average and who's bringing it down you know yeah I think that to me the most harmless of of them all um is shockingly like Luann. She just like doesn't even talk. She just sits there and she's boring now. And she takes herself really seriously. And when they go to parties, like she always is like, thinks she's so highbrow. She's the countess. And she, yeah, she's fine. She's neutral, but like- Honestly, Dorinda's fine too. 
in certain situations, like when she decides she wants to be fine, but then on the, she's flying off the handle at other times. So I think That's Sonia, true. Ramona, and Dorinda are really like the three culprits. And then Tinsley and Lee are just different. Like it's, they're not, I like I, the Tinsley fashion show thing was, was utterly depressing, but generally speaking, like I think when Tinsley shows up to a party, like she carries herself fine. Yeah. Yeah. She's not like a public embarrassment, <laughs> but some of the other yeah. women truly are. It's just must be this weird thing where they're really like the biggest celebrities in New York. You know, if you're throwing a party, you want these women there because they're going to bring page six and news stories and what was Ramona doing at the tables. And that becomes like a whole story and a storyline on TV. But um, when it comes to the way New York City works, I guess, I don't really know because I don't know what goes on in the city. I don't leave my house. Like, I don't know about society in this city. So I don't know how they're regarded. Uh, I just know it's not the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Did you feel like Sonia was being passive aggressive in giving um, Leah that gray sweatsuit? Ultimately, no. I think it was what Tinsley said. Like, Sonia uh, is not cool enough to be passive aggressive. But I do think that Sonia was saying, you're so casual. You don't dress fancy. Here's my casual outfit. But she just happened to send her a really ugly, crazy outfit. But she, like, her point was, you're so casual, which was a little sassy and even in her interview uh Sonia was like I didn't know she would most of my dresses are fancy as if Lee is incapable of being fancy she yeah no she- I didn't think it was like this strategically planned out thing I honestly don't think Sonia's capable of like plotting something like that I think she genuinely like probably in a rude condescending way sees Lee as like this rat from downtown so she like threw her a sweatsuit so it wasn't like the nicest thing but I didn't think it was like this you know um planned out thing and I think to someone like you know, a a younger, more downtown person. Like there's a difference between um, like a sweatsuit that she could have worn to a fashion show that Leah would have liked versus like a grout fit that you're going to wear to sleep. Like the hem of those pants, the drawstring, like the material, like those were pajamas. And and I think for Sonia, who's like lives, you know, in a townhouse, it's like your sweatsuit, your tracksuit is pajamas to me. So here's some pajamas. Like she doesn't see the difference between what we see is like, you know, Yeezy, cool, but that's someone else's pajamas. So I don't think she was being like, I think her only statement was like, oh, Leah, you're, you're so casual, but not like, I'm going to make you look ugly and I'm going to make you feel bad. And, you know, I, I don't think it was, the, it was so malicious, but she was making a statement, which is that you, you don't wear fancy girly dresses like, like the rest yeah. of us. It was a statement. Mm-hmm. But it I think just, she handled it. She handled it perfectly by putting it on, walking around, like being like, just so funny about it that you that can't be funny. mad at her. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can't. I was just like, by the end of the episode, I was like, this is depressing me. Like, can I turn it off? Yeah. You know, I didn't have that feeling while I was watching it, but now that you say it, I do agree. Like even them just like sitting at the Pamela Rowland fashion show, they're just like so messy. I'm like, get the fuck out. Like, honestly, I was embarrassed for Nikki Hilton for having to be like a part of that. Yeah. They really are just so messy. And everywhere they go, it's just like a big mess. Yeah. Um, but that's it. Anything else we want to discuss before we let everyone go for the weekend? Um, just that Camp Toast has been moved to September 10th through 13th. So some people who had tickets can no longer attend. Therefore, tickets are open up. So go to the link in our bio and our Instagram to get tickets. The password for the... <clears throat> for the page is French Camper. Um, it's going to be the best weekend ever. I'm literally so excited. I feel like by then that's in four months, like things will be returning to some semblance of normalcy and like we'll be able to party our asses off. And I legit can't wait. I think it's going to be the block party. It's going to be like that, that big party. Like, you know, we'll be slowly making our way starting on May 15th to, you know, getting back to regular life. And then on September 10th, like that block party shirts off, tits out for the boys, like it's happening. It's happening, you guys. So make sure to head over to the link in our bio on our Instagram channel, um, Instagram account. If you are looking for more content, all of our TNN shows release new episodes this week. Olivia released an episode with Amanda Stanton. Um, Lauren Elizabeth, Margaret Josephs has two episodes this week. Raven and Alexis, there's tons of, there's a new episode of The Snatchler. So make sure you're following Toast News Network on Instagram. And if that's not enough for you, head over to our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash morningtoast. For $8 a month, you can get five extra premium video and audio episodes from The Morning Toast. We love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening to The Morning Toast. We go live Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. If you're watching us as a podcast, listening to us as a podcast, we're also available as a podcast. Anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us on Morning Toast. Leave a five-star review about a beautiful setting and smart we are. We love you guys. We hope you have a great weekend. Stay home. Bye.